Welcome to Artspace Perspectives, where we capture conversations with the artists and creative stakeholders who live, work, and contribute to Artspace communities, giving them a digital platform to share their passion and perspectives about the creative economy in the cities in which they live. Welcome back to another episode of Artspace Perspectives. I'm your host, Tio Aiken, along with my co-host, Amanda Cortez and Jeremy Staub. Today, we are sharing an interview with you that I did by myself uh, with Malik Lamartian. He's a photojournalist and a photographer currently living in the South Main Artspace Lofts. Um, I really enjoyed this interview with Malik. I won't get too much into why, um, but I know you guys also got a chance to listen. So what, what resonated with you? What did you think? So for my sneak peek, it was clear that Malik has such a deep love for the city of Memphis. Yeah. I'm from Chicago, and we rep hard for Chicago, <laughs> and I feel like Malik is doing that for Memphis. Um, and so I'm excited to hear him talk more about why he came back here. What about you, Jeremy? Nice. And and I, I think maybe some of us will start to see that. Uh, he, he does start uh, talking about an upcoming documentary that he's going to have. Uh, about healing the hood, um, that I think is going to, you know, speak to more what uh, uh, Amanda was talking about this love for his neighborhood and how the art impacts his neighborhood, and and what also he, he talks about his philosophies behind uh, a little bit behind his photography, which I think is very insightful. Here's my interview with Malik the Martian. You are listening to Art Space Perspectives. As promised, we are joined by Malik, Malik the Martian. <laughs> hey, Malik. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> so, uh, Malik, tell me about your artistry. Um, my artistry, I am a photojournalist and photographer in the city of Memphis. I currently document historic events. You know, well, it's not historic right now. It's just today's news. <laughs> but um, that's how I look at it because, I don't know, Memphis has a lot of important stuff going on right now. Right. Um. And I just learned how to tell stories through still frames and photos. And I do do some videography work, um, but I haven't, like, put out any official documentaries or anything of the things that I've recorded. Okay. So you're an artist that lives in the South Main Art Space Law. Yes, and I love it. <laughs> tell us about the journey that got you to Art Space. Um, my journey, it starts back with just, you know, a thought from sitting on a porch that um, I should get video, get a camera so I can like shoot videos for my poems because I'm also a poet. Mm -hmm. um, through that, um, I had a, I was living in an apartment and the lease was about to be up. And instead of going to get another apartment, I simply went and bought a tent and I camped and couch surfed for like six months to um, save money. I paid myself instead of paying rent. Mm -hmm. um, because just as an artist, like, you know, certain artists have different type of, um, I, I was always an artist that it's this or nothing. Mm -hmm. So when it came time to, I had just got a raise at work. It was just a perfect time to like take a, a cut of comfortability and mm -hmm. focus on myself because I felt like it was now or never to make it happen. So I ended up camping and couch surfing for six months and then, um, Stuff started. I started getting like small gigs in Memphis here and there. You know, mm -hmm. little light gigs, forty dollars, nothing big. Um, and I eventually hooked up with a rap group named Hippie Soul, mm -hmm. um, which is some phenomenal artists. Make sure you look them up on SoundCloud. H i p p y Soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we eventually um, somehow hooked up with like Odell Beckham, and we ended wow. up wow. going to a football game and hanging out with him. 
And um, he reposted one of my photos wow. and on Instagram and got to his personal account. It got two hundred and eighty over two hundred eighty thousand likes. So from that, it just kind of spurred a momentum of ended up doing bigger concerts, bigger artists. Um, I went on to work festivals and um, started working for the Tri-State Defender, which is my current career as a photojournalist for the black newspaper, the oldest black newspaper in the region, which is um, the Tri-State Defender. So now that you've gotten the housing secured, mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts about where you live? Um, it's a phenomenal community, first and foremost. Like, I've never had neighborly neighbors, um, <laughs> but this is the first time that I feel, you know, safe and know all my neighbors and what they do, and I enjoy seeing them come and go. Um, mm-hmm. And then the location is just off the charts because as a photojournalist, it gives me easy, quick access to things like city council meetings, mm-hmm. um, any protests that happen on, in the city. Um <laughs> Or just, you know, just breaking news. I'm always somewhere that I can get there close, jump on my bike. I don't have to worry about traffic. And um, I don't know, it really changed the game. And it's easily one of the nicest places I've ever stayed in Memphis. So you're a photojournalist? Yes, ma'am. What type of work do you do? Do you mostly freelance? Do you? Yeah, majority freelance for the Tri-State Defender. Okay. Um, I've done a couple jobs for the Daily Memphian, but just one or two, nothing big. But Tri-State's my mainstay. And... I am, like, one of the only black photojournalists in the city. There's black reporters, black TV personalities, but when it comes to photojournalists out in the field, it's just really me. There's a couple more for, you know, the Tri-State Defender, but I'm, like, one of the youngest ones always out on the front lines of things. Right, and the Tri-State Defender is a a historically black newspaper in Memphis. Yeah, covering the Tri-State area. You know, like West Memphis, the Delta, Mississippi, and Memphis itself. Nice. Nice. So what's your approach to work? Like how, how do you how do you approach your work out in the field? Um Do you have I, any philosophies or mantras? <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm real personal with it. Like being one of the only black photographers, uh photojournalists in the city, it enables me to get a perspective within my community that a lot of other um people and or don't know how to get to or deny access to mm. or, you know, the people are reluctant to speak with them or, you know, give interviews because it's usually like I don't know, some kind of exploitative to a man, you know, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what you're saying. But, you know, I actually want to be in the field. I go to people. I talk to them. I, you know, treat them as equals and not a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, when I ask you, how are you doing after this event? Like, I genuinely want to know, like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Whether that be mad, sad, cussing, crying, I want <laughs> you to just let it out. I'm not there to censor you or to get a sound bite that'll be appropriate for TV. I want the real raw story of things. Right. So you, you do do some video. It's just not still photos. Yes. Uh, majority of my work is still photos, but I do do video. Um, I usually, I have a lot of footage that I just keep in a vault. One day I'm going to put together a documentary. Mm-hmm. But um, as you know, for the clips that I know that will be viral clips. Um, I was at a protest where the Memphis Police Department arrested five protesters um, brutally. Mm-hmm. Um, even tackled a woman. uh pointing people out of a crowd arresting them and that on Facebook has like 59,000 views currently mm-hmm. and ticking and it's not about you know going viral but it's just out of all the news stations and media teams that was out there I was the only video that showed the arrest wow. everyone else never put it out there and I know they were and or recording or you know I it just never made it to the public so I feel like that's the importance of me being out in the field to be able to document those times so those aren't just stories of people talking about what happened. The people who talk about what happened is because the world saw it. And I think that's very important. Wow. So what are some of the challenges you've faced in uh, your work? 
I mean, as a photographer, everything that you deal with is dealing with light and how you bend it or manipulate it and use it to your advantage. And being in the field is not ideal light conditions all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have to be quick and creative and composed on my feet. Um, take what I have. In my field of work, I've gotten very good of taking portraits with police light or because, <laughs> you know, things you have put that on your resume <laughs> <laughs> of taking portraits with police light at night um, and just, you know, equipment. There's a barrier with equipment being a freelancer and I don't have a major, um, you know, publisher or whatever backing me that, you know, there are limitations to my equipment that I have. But. I always believe that the best camera that you can have is the one that you own. Mm -hmm. So I don't get into being, you know, what I don't have. I take what I have and I do the best what I can with it. And um, I still come out with the most important thing, which is telling the truth and telling the story. Right on. That's the first time I've said right on on this podcast. <laughs> what things do you need to thrive as an artist? Um, I, what I need right now is um, upgrade equipment because I am running to that wall more often of like, oh, if I had this, I could do that. If I had this, I could do that. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm continuously working on is getting better equipment. Um, and as a photographer, that can almost never end. Right. But um, just the support system to keep being able to tell the truth and be out there in the field because I never intended to that the secondhand trauma that you get from being in the field yeah. um, of seeing things and dealing with it yourself um, I've been threatened with like arrest because I'm just recording the truth you know what I mean right. um, talking to families after someone was murdered or you know what I mean things of that nature like you try not to take that home with you but when like I said earlier i this is my community, so I care about the people, so it's hard to separate the two. Yeah. But, um, you know, as long as I got a good support system of friends and family, loved ones, people, you know, people who just tell me how much they appreciate my work, um, all that keeps me going, and I I need it, you know, just, just, want, just to keep fighting a good fight and doing what needs to be done. Well, I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I feel like we need more truth tellers out in the field. Thank you. Especially in Memphis. Yes, and especially in these times. Yeah, especially in these times. You've been listening to Artspace Perspectives, powered by the Kazukian Network. I'm here with Malik the Martian, and we've been learning a little bit about his work and where he lives. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I've asked you specifically about what you need to thrive. Yes. Uh, but what do you think artists in Memphis need to thrive as a whole? I think that there are many opportunities and resources that are there for the art community in Memphis. Mm -hmm. I believe if they had a stronger network amongst the artists and amongst corporations or people who need services, because that's what it kind of comes down to as an mm -hmm. artist. Even if you're a singer, there's people who are going to need someone to sing in an event, whether it be, you know, hotel, civil rights museum, et cetera. Right. Um, I feel like if there was a better way of spreading the information about artistic grants or opportunities throughout a network, um, and they just come by word of mouth and knowing people. But, mm -hmm. you know, like if I meet you, your network could become my network to an extent mm -hmm. between, you know, what intersects. And um, I feel like if they had those two things, they would be a little better off um, outside of just, you know, continuously doing your art form without any type of, you know, big payoff, right. and, you know, sharpening your sword. There's a lot of artists out here who um, I feel like they sword could be sharpened just a little bit more. Right. And, um, you know, and they just come through work and doing whatever you love or want to do um, until you can do it as a career. And I just think if they keep focusing and keep working, then, I mean, for everybody, I feel like we're on an artistic 
Memphis Renaissance. And if everybody keep working, I think something very good can come from this. Okay, so I've been asking all the folks I've been talking to Mm -hmm. on this podcast um, in Memphis, what if they had three wishes for like the creative community or the creative economy here? Mm -hmm. What would they be? Uh, Three. Three wishes. (laughs) Um, Like I don't want to say unlimited grants, but (laughs) (laughs) a a place where you know how they have like payday loan places. Oh my god! I wish it was just like artistic grant. Like you could actually come apply for like grants for stuff that you need of course you would have to like prove that you need this to prove pull off your grant pull pro, you know provide for, form of work or so previous t- work wait i just want to make sure i understand so you're talking about like equipment tools supplies mm-hmm. grants okay yeah things that can get people like if you're truly doing what you want you need to do and you're hitting like actual barriers because you need more stuff right. that there was somewhere that you could supplement that um and it doesn't be, you know, so harshly credit based or anything of that nature. You know what I mean? Right. We fund so much things in the city. And if I feel like if we funded the arts and that that would be a great place. So that's one wish. OK. Um, <laughs> Number two. <laughs> uh, second would be a way to you reuse some of these dilapidated storefronts in the city. Mm. There's plenty of like sideway malls, you know, like, you know, strip malls off the Lamar Ave or Summer and places like that that um, could be refurbished and reused as like artist spaces for people who actually, you know, like reinvigorate the storefront. Right. Um, The black owned business owner from like dance studios to photo studios to you know podcast studios or somewhere to shoot music videos and things of that nature because it's just a whole bunch of unused real estate that's falling apart Mm -hmm. that would be my second wish and my third wish would be um national respect for the arts in memphis we have a lot of people who come and use memphis for our history our culture how our sound impacts music through multiple mediums and they'll come to the city, you know, shoot a music video and then leave. And Mm -hmm. I want that same type of everyone around the world can bite from Memphis. I want Memphis and the artists to actually benefit from being artists in Memphis who actually create this sound without like benefit from it. So are you originally from Memphis? Yes. Born and raised (laughs) from South Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. You talked about national recognition and I know a lot of artists sometimes, you know, leave home to make sure that they can, you know, find that national recognition. What keeps you, what keeps you in Memphis? Um, what I was, when I graduated college, I had the chance to stay in Arkansas, but I wanted to come home because, uh, just my number one part was this. I felt like the city needs me or people like me. So many people mm-hmm. go off, go to school and then don't come back. But, um, if I was to bring my talents home, uh, the impact that I could make, because, you know, I love Memphis. It's my home. I approach it differently and with a whole nother level of seriousness to the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I want to be important to my city. So mm-hmm. it's like no other place that I would really want to be. I know there's other places with better weather or more views and mountains, <laughs> but Memphis is home and there's no place like home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Memphis is known as the birthplace of soul. Yes. And one of the ways we're kind of framing this work, this mm-hmm. podcast in Memphis is um, through the theme art and soul. Yes. So how do you infuse the concept of soul in your work? Or do do you? I won't ask you a leading question. Do you? Well, I mean, 
<laughs> Leading questions are fine. But um, <laughs> when I put my soul in it, it's just, I think it's showing the spirit of the neighborhoods or the people that I shoot um, or photograph. Uh, because most people, when they get in front of the camera, they feel that they have to put on a mask to be a model or mm -hmm. to be something, you know, puff up and be perfect. Whereas when I capture people, I always talk to them so they get comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then you'll actually, they'll remove their mask and let you peek in every now and then. And those are the moments that I try to capture the most. Um, like children playing at the local festival. That's the soul of Soulsville, you know, USA, which is where Stacks Museum and everything is. Right. I just try to capture the people because they are the soul of what's going on at whatever the event or a place or whatever it is. So what's next for you? I do want to finish the documentaries that I've been hinting about just to present more information to the world. Is it too scary to, like, ask you to, like, briefly describe but not give us all of it? Cause yes. No, it's not like, too scary. What, what's the focus of the documentary? Um, it's called Healing the Hood. Okay. And it's focusing on art visual artists, graffiti artists, painters who put murals up in the neighborhoods. Okay. And um just telling their stories and how they impact the neighborhoods by their artwork. Mm. Are you focusing on any specific neighborhoods in Memphis? Are you are you is it just general general Memphis? Well, it's kind of between artists who are from the community, whether it be Orange Mound, et cetera, mm -hmm. versus people who come into Memphis who aren't artists and they put up their their artwork versus the people who are organically from Memphis and their artwork uh -huh. and how sometimes outsiders paint clashes with the community mm. and how the community accepts um, people from the community's artwork. Where can people find information about you? They can find me at Malik <laughs> the Martian. It's M-A-L-I-K-T-H-A Martian M-A-R-T-I-A-N on Instagram and Facebook I am revamping a website so be on the lookout that will be launching soon also and that is everything with Malik the Martian and just keep remembering the brand tell people to go check out my Instagram like some photos um, <laughs> do all the plugs now anything, right yeah, anything all you the have. plugs follow my Facebook page you can add my <laughs> personal Facebook page I still use it um, but yeah just check me out and I'd love to share what I'm photographing with the world and just hopefully that y'all like it and can share it with more people that you all know all and right. that's how the truth spreads <laughs> you've been listening to Artspace Perspectives powered by the Kazuki Network I'm your host Tio Aiken we've had, just had a great conversation with Malik the Martian peace out yeah thanks for listening Artspace Perspectives produced by Artspace and distributed by Kazuki and